episode 53, Sunday, November 4th, 2012. Welcome to the XJ Talk Show. And now here's your host, Tony Mutteroy on XJTalk.com. It's me plus one. We've got our new co-host, Josh, uh, Northwest 99. You know him and uh, or actually Northwest 99 XJ. You know him and love him as uh, NW99XJ. Josh, say a few syllables. Glad to be here, Tony, and uh, hi to everybody else. Well, we're going to have a bit of uh, conversation between Josh and I. I mean, I figure uh, the first show, we ought to just uh, kind of uh, get to know Josh uh, audio-wise better. We all know him from the uh, from the xjtalk.com site, but uh, you uh, get to hear him more, uh, know him more as a person instead of uh, just a few uh, or uh, a lot of words on a uh, forum. <laughs> so... Uh, Josh, uh, how was the time frame for you tonight? Is uh, is uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time okay with you? Yeah, just fine. Uh, we finished up with dinner, um, kind of went over the stuff for uh, the next week with the family and uh, kind of got some game plan going. I was actually killing time waiting uh, waiting for the right time to, to chime into Skype and find you and, and do this. So actually, uh, we could have done it a little bit earlier even, I think. Yeah, well, since we're going to be doing, hopefully the Ustream, Ustream thing is going to work out. I know that there have been ser- several people uh, clamoring for the live show to come back, and uh, I wasn't really ready to do that until I had uh, a bit more of an audience. But, uh, you know, I figure we can uh, we can give it a shot and see. I'm, I'm trying not to focus on what uh, our guest in the uh, chat room is typing. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna throw me off, I know. But uh, it's kind of fun interacting with the audience. Now, I'll tell everybody uh, real quick, um, this past week I was on vacation and uh, trying to get some things done around the house uh, before Thanksgiving uh, because uh, we're, we always have the, the, the families over and uh, have the big meal. And this year I wanted to make sure that there were a few things taken care of uh, prior to that happening. And the main thing I wanted to do was tile the kitchen. Well, <clears throat> the wife and I went... Uh, to uh, Lowe's and Home Depot, picked up a few uh, sample tiles and brought them back. And neither one of us, well, I'll I'll say this. I knew which one I thought was the best out of the three, and she's not so sure. So there was no tiling done this past week. There was a a rear door uh, installed in the house, and uh, that's my first door that uh, I've ever fully installed. That was a, a pre-hung door, so I had to, to shim it and blah, 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 and it was very easy to do. still took me about four hours, but it was still very easy to do. The hard part was getting everything out. I was trying to get it out as a one-piece, and uh, finally I just got uh, pissed off and took the crowbar to it, and then it came out really quick. <laughs> so uh, it's still a bit unnerving uh, taking something apart, uh, even though you're – if you're like me, you're sure you'll be able to get it back together, but it's still a little, uh, I'm the same way about the Jeep. Anytime I do something for the first time, I'm a little nervous about it. Even though I'm sure I'll be able to get it back together. I just, I don't like the prolonged learning curve. Anyway, my point is, is that during the week I got, uh, I got pretty sick and, uh, actually almost completely lost my voice around Wednesday. So if you are one of the lucky few to be monitoring this on uh, Ustream, 
you'll see me occasionally making funny faces and drinking some water. And you can probably hear in my voice a, a bit of a crackle uh, from uh, um, getting over this cold. So I think I'm just about over it. So by next week, I should be pretty good. Well, I was uh, right there with you, Tony. In fact, uh, it's quite a coincidence. After um, the, the Lottie Fat Flats uh, fundraiser show, outdoor show, uh, off-road show, uh, last weekend, DJing in the rain for six hours, I and, of course, projecting on the mic for one of the longest raffles I've ever had the uh, pleasure of doing, uh, I uh, I stressed my voice pretty bad uh, last weekend, and I had a pretty nasty sore throat all week, and I'm just now coming out of it. Uh, I think yesterday was the first day that I felt halfway normal. Uh, so I've actually got a, I've got a tall beverage here next to me too. So I, uh, be occasionally heading over and, and grabbing a quick sip. Well, you know, you got a good excuse. I, I wasn't using my voice for anything except maybe snoring, uh, as my wife tells me, <clears throat> see, I, I need to clear my throat. So, uh, speaking of wife, so I take it, she didn't really like the red tile you had picked out for the uh, kitchen. Am I right? Well, you know, uh, we, one of the three tiles kind of had a reddish tint to it and, and, it, and well, <laughs> And when we put it on the floor, because I definitely wanted to bring some home and compare it to the colors in the kitchen, also to the lighting that we have in the kitchen, because, you know, all those things can, uh, uh, the, the contrast, and it can mm-hmm. uh, definitely make something that looks good in a store not look good in your house. Anyway, uh, so I brought those things home, and out of the three, the one that was, uh, that had the most red in it uh, looked it can, uh, it really did not it contrast very well with the cabinets, which are kind of a light, um, it's a brown, but kind of a light uh, yellowish brown. And, okay. uh, that one was, we both agreed that one was not it. There's a, but the darker one that's, uh, I guess it's kind of a red tint as well. It, you know, it's a brown, but red, uh, tint. And, uh, that's the one that I liked. I liked the contrast. She doesn't like the idea of having the dark color on the kitchen floor, but, you know, the whole kitchen is very light. Uh, the ceiling, the, the walls, uh, the, she even has uh, half the wall with a, a chair. Um, I forget what you call it, a chair rail. Uh, I guess they were popular a few years ago. I don't know if they still are. Oh yeah. Um, it's like a, like a crown molding, but halfway down on the wall. Exactly. So yeah. And, and from, from that crown molding down about, I guess it's maybe three feet up or something, whatever a chair height would be back of a chair height would be. Um, she's got it painted a light yellow. So it's, everything's very bright. The, the backsplash is white, uh, white and black, but mainly white. Uh, it's just, it's very bright in there. I don't know what she's worried about. And in fact, I think the darker, uh, more earthy tone Brown, uh, that, uh, one of the three that we selected, uh, was a really good contrast, but she's, she's not so sure. And, uh, she doesn't want me to go through all the work of uh, putting all that tile down. You know, I don't think I've been, I've been watching videos, I don't think the tile laying is going to be very difficult. I think what's going to be more difficult is getting the linoleum up off the floor. And man, after, gosh, how long we've we been here? About uh, 15 years in this house. It was brand new, but we've been here for about 15 years. That linoleum is looking sad. Yeah, that can that can be a, a real pain in the butt. Um, best advice for you is to get something with a long stick and a big, long, and a wide blade on it. I got that. Uh, uh, Good. Cobalt, Good. cobalt, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice piece of, uh, hardware. It was like 30 bucks and, uh, I dared anybody to come up to me and try to steal it from me as I was walking out of Lowe's. Cause that would have been a deadly weapon. Yeah. Those things are, are dang near medieval. <laughs> yes. It very much. It's like a farm instrument anyway. So, uh, tell me more about the, uh, the gig that you did, uh, that, that this, this past weekend, I, I'm sure that's more 
Jeep or off-road related than uh, linoleum and uh, laying tile in my kitchen. Almost definitely. It was um, it was a lot of fun, uh, despite the weather. Um, it was, of course, out in um, Vancouver, Washington, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from the, the Portland, Portland, Oregon, Portland metro area. And um, it was sponsored by, it was put on by actually three, three big teams of, of folks. Um, those guys off-road was one of them. They're, um, they're a local off-roading club. And um, the other one was uh, Grand Crawlers. Uh, they're a Grand Cherokee club that's um, into, you know, lifting and Jeeps. And they actually, I think they have an online store as well, or at least they're trying to get that way. I think they, uh, they're, they're a grassroots fabrication shop as well. So they're just kind of up and coming. And then uh, the third, uh, a lot of you guys and you, Tony, too, would be familiar with is Jeep Tubes. And uh, Tim Anderson from Jeep Tubes, he's the owner of Jeep Tubes and a sponsor on XJTalk.com. And uh, those three uh, pretty much made it all happen. Uh, got the sponsors together, um, made the necessary arrangements to, to get the property and, and that this was held on and, and to organize and rally the troops and everything. And, and it came together remarkably well for only having, I think they said, five weeks of planning time to put that whole thing together. And uh, with, with just that little bit of time, they got, they got a ton of sponsors to come through um, who were extremely generous for the cause. Um, and as most people know, raffles, it's all about a raffle and, and that's how they raised the money for, um, what was called the Lodi flats, uh, trail system, which is going to, which is actually, cause they've already turned dirt is the first legal trail system in the Mount hood national forest. And, uh, they're, they've got, uh, they've got big plans. They've already got a little bit of trail built that people can go up there and, and check out and see the area is, um, it gets its name for a reason. It's on top of a mountain, but the whole area is flat. So there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, elevation change uh, for the trails and stuff, but they're going to put in some small dips and 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 dives and some hill climbs um, that are you know of moderate size, but nothing like uh, a lot of us are used to out here in the Pacific Northwest with uh, the area other areas in Southwest Washington and and around the Tillamook State Forest, the uh, mountain range before the coast. So the uh, the event was. Uh, was great. A ton of people showed up. I'd say probably close to 300 people were there. Uh, less than that in vehicles, of course. Uh, all kinds of vehicles. There was a there was an old Kaiser that was there. Um, tons of Jeeps. Always uh, out here in the Northwest, a ton of Jeeps show up to every off-road show. And this wasn't a Jeep-specific show, uh, so there was uh, there was some other rigs there. I think the um, the the show that I had done before that, um, the No Roads Required show, there was a a Bronco that I had mentioned in the uh, in part of the audio, part of the report that I had given about the show that he was propane powered, and you could actually hear it on one point during uh, during one of my little report that you could hear him drive by with this big huge V8 propane powered monster. And that guy was there at that show as well. And um, the folks brought out, uh, the people who were putting this on, uh, brought out a big old RTI ramp and a uh, teeter-totter, which was kind of cool. Um, I had seen other forms of a teeter-totter. This one was um, was a little bit smaller than some of the ones I've seen in, um, in you know, like big events and stuff like that. Uh, but but this one was cool because um, it was just it was just big enough that it gave you a challenge to where you, if you drive up on it, you find that balance point and you sit there rocking back and forth not touching the ground it's kind of kind of weird i wish i would have had a chance to uh to drive it uh, but i was i was busy doing other duties that that day but it was great um i think they uh i think they raised in the neighborhood of twenty five hundred dollars which uh anybody in the excavation industry or anybody who buys gas knows that twenty five hundred dollars worth of uh, gasoline will go a long long way and these guys um 
these guys need all the help they can get building these trails up there and they're they're making history. They're turning dirt and they're getting this trail system built. And in a couple few years time it's it's going to be remarkable. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, and so these guys got a couple of excavators going up there um, as often as they can. They, everybody has other jobs, um, you know, other things they got to do, families and stuff as well. So, but I, I think they've spent 13 straight weekends up there digging and turning dirt and moving boulders and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and so they're, um, they're really making stuff happen. So I'm, I'm proud of the guys and I was happy to be a part of that event. That's- and actually because of that, um, you know, I made some, made some new friends and, and um and had a great time to boot. Yeah, that's that is a lot of effort and um guys uh and and I'm I'm not talking to anybody specifically but but I think we've all seen them when we're out on the trails. Um keep in mind that it the trails just don't happen. Um people have to be involved to to get things done like that. So whenever you go out and um tear things up, so to speak, um inappropriately uh, I'll add, it just hurts the time and effort that people, a lot of time and effort that people have put into it. And I think it hurts even worse whenever the trails get closed because, uh, and I won't say it's a hundred percent when people misbehave on the trails. Uh, some of it's political, I believe, but, uh, certainly, uh, if we do behave on the trails and don't make a, a lot of uh, trash and tear up a lot of trees uh, killing them by uh, not using tree savers, um, they certainly have less ammunition to close the trail. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all about uh, tread lightly. Um, it's tread lightly is a it just happens to also be an organization with national exposure, and they're all about treading lightly when you're outdoors recreating. And it's not just about four wheel drives. It's about you know I mean whether you you know drive a quad or, or a bike or or you know you're on the dunes, or if you're in the woods and the trails, or on slick rock desert, it doesn't matter. Um, it's all about you know sticking to the trail, and if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. You know, being being well prepared and taking care of the trail, you know, for what it is and and how it got there. And uh, th- these guys have been tread lightly. Representatives of tread lightly have been at every show that I've been to over the last years, uh, trying to get the word out and and get a you know exposure and and attention. Uh, it's all about awareness. Uh, you know, if people think that you know, all you need is four-wheel drive and some big tires. Let's go tear it up. Well, that's that's going to close down a, an area faster than you know you can say dirt in the in, the, in your ears. Well, I have to admit, I'm uh, definitely not a tree hugger, and uh, uh, I think I've mentioned this before. I think you and I have discussed this before. And uh, the way I look at it is, if it's uh, if it's somebody's property and they don't want it torn up, I certainly respect that. Um, if it's a, an area that is, um, uh, like my own, for example, if I had uh, a couple hundred acres and I wanted to go out there and uh, tear it up, I certainly feel like I should be able to do whatever I want to do with my land. I, I do understand that there's runoff issues and if you kill plant life, it can affect others around you and we do want to be responsible. But, um, a lot of this I associate with the, the tree huggers in California, <laughs> wanting, wanting everything to be pristine and everything would be so much better if it wasn't for these damn humans messing it up. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly understand the need for uh, a balanced approach for uh, uh, us all having what we want. So certainly if, uh, if we can come up with some rules that we agree on uh, equally, and that abide by them, I think it'll be uh, good for us uh, for uh, a lot longer. I mean, there's just so much fun you can have in a four-wheel drive on the street. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mall crawling is great and all, but it only lasts for so long until you get bored. Yeah, you can only uh, high center on those uh, those uh, bump stops, uh, not bump stops, the... Uh, uh, oh, the, the parking blocks or whatever? Parking blocks or the, uh, the, the bumps that slow you down from going fast. Speed bumps. There oh, we go. speed bumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, well, that's great. I'm glad that you're a part of that and you're uh, um, putting that effort in. Um, so um, actually, the interview that we uh, will have on the show tonight is uh, going to be about a, another, um, another great cause because it's for collecting food for so many people that are down and out on their luck with uh, the economy that we've had for the last uh, four or five years. And uh, also, too, uh, at the same time uh, collecting food, they're going to be collecting um, uh, toys for the kids uh, come, uh, come Christmas time. They're, uh, so I had an interview with uh, Aaron, uh, OMC Off-Road, on uh, the forums, xjtalk.com. And uh, he's actually the guy that is putting this all together, and uh, he's going to tell us more about it in the interview. So uh, I forget what part of California he's in, but uh, we go over that in the interview, and you'll hear that here on the podcast a little later. You probably won't hear it here on Ustream. Now, um, Brass Cats was here last week, and uh, he got to hear the editing process. <laughs> and he got to hear some of the, uh, some of the tidbits that we, uh, we uh, played for um, the little teasers that we played for the Halloween special. And I hope everybody enjoyed the Halloween special. That was a, a lot of fun for me. It was really interesting. Uh, I've known Diane for a long time, and I know that I've had discussions with her in the past, but it had been so long since I had uh, talked to her about all that stuff that uh, it truly was uh, uh, a new discovery for me. And um, I seem to remember uh, her near-death experience in the past, uh, but I, that, uh, that plane hitting the towers just kind of blew me away hearing that on, uh, on the podcast. So yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of, that gave me goosebumps. Gotta tell you the truth. This, and this lady is very serious. If you, she's very good natured, uh, very good, uh, um, uh, has a great uh, sense of humor, but she takes her, uh, the studying that she does, the studies that she does in this area very seriously. So to hear her relate that story to me is like uh, at least 75 to 80% of it happening to me. I mean, you know, if, if it happens to me, I believe it. And of course, you know, in those states, and I, I'm sure she would argue this too, that you can't be 100% sure because your your body is in a, in, in a state of, uh, of uh, duress. But she certainly believes what she believes. And I know when you experience it, experience things for yourself, you have to, at some point you have to say, well, maybe not, or I know. And, uh, I definitely believe it's a, it was an, I know situation for her. Well, the last one to question or judge somebody's convictions, uh, you know, what you experience and, and what you believe is, is just that. And, you know, and, and that's, that's yours. Uh, so it's, and, and she was definitely speaking from the heart. I mean, there was no, yeah. there was no insincerity or jest or fabrication that I could tell. I mean, it was, it was definitely, um, it was riveting to hear. Yeah. And, uh, I'm gonna have to get her back on. And the thing is, is that I don't know how, and you guys out there can let me know. I don't know how, um, interested you guys are in that subject matter. 
Um, there's probably some more of that that I could have on the show. It's definitely not Jeep related. So, uh, that's why I did it for a Halloween special. And actually this came up, uh, came to mind one time when I was, uh, Josh and I were, were talking on Skype and, um, it, uh, it dawned on me that I could do a special show and, and interview Diane that way, uh, because I'd been wanting to interview her for, for well over a year before doing that. So we may be able to have other specials like that. I don't want to take away from the, uh, the Jeep, um, information that we go over and talk about. Uh, so, uh, you guys let me know what you think about, uh, having the specials or maybe even having, uh, some non Jeep related interviews from time to time. Um, there's a, a few people that, uh, I, uh, I know through, uh, the social media stuff that, uh, either have a podcast or TV shows or have had TV shows that I could interview as well. So, um, that, uh, I say, I say I could, I haven't asked, but I, I feel that I probably could talk them into it. So you guys let me know and uh, you can let me know on the, uh, on the forums or you can let me know on the, uh, the, um, the voicemail line, the 530 number, and just uh, go to xjtalk.com and you can, uh, you can see that, uh, that number there, or actually I can probably tell you what it is real quick. Semi real quick. Oh, I feel bad that I don't have this number here in front of me. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a bad co-host. Well, well, this (laughs) is uh, memorized by now. (laughs) This is, uh, well, hell man, I should know it. (laughs) (laughs) See, the bad thing is I got a drop right here someplace that, uh, it says, uh, call us and I can't find it. So that's kind of the, uh, that's, that's the way the live radio was in the fifties boys and fifties boys and girls. <laughs> so anyway, uh, look up that number and, uh, leave us a, uh, uh, a comment. Well, here it is that I was looking for five, three, oh, and I, on the, on the, the board here and I couldn't find it. We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. Yes. Gosh, that's that's a very virile male sounding voice, isn't it? Yeah, he's got the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I still want I've been uh, I've been trying to re- reverse engineer his audio settings by the way. Uh, it, uh, a lot of it comes down to the microphone too, uh the range that it picks up on. I uh, recently switched microphones myself. Um, and, uh, I gotta say there's, there's a, there's a definite difference, uh, especially when you're listening to something up close, you know, through the headphones or actually through an audio recording program. I, I noticed a little bit and I, I adjusted down some of the EQ settings. Uh, so I wasn't blowing your guys' eardrums out, but, but no, this one, uh, this new microphone I have, it definitely has some, some nice warmer tones to it. Yep. The, uh, the bass is, uh, is always very good. Now, I have the, um, gosh, it's like a $300 microphone, which I know that that's not much, uh, in comparison to the ones that cost in the thousands. But, um, uh, this, uh, this Heil, uh, uh, PR 40, uh, is supposed to be a, a very good quality microphone. So I'm, I'm hopeful that it's just my ignorance that is keeping me from having, uh, just outstanding audio. And I guess really I shouldn't worry about it too much because people say it sounds fine. I'm just maybe a little too perfectionist in that, that realm. So, uh, Josh, what do we got planned for, uh, coming up? I mean, I know that, uh, we're going to be, uh, talking back and forth and, uh, co-hosting here and, uh, but we're going to be, uh, sharing the interview duties as well, aren't we? 
Yes, indeed. I uh, got a few things on the horizon. Um, got a uh, got a couple feelers out with uh, both uh, Rubicon Express, and uh, we have some others uh, on the line as well. I've got some show reports coming up for you guys. Um, the one from this last uh, this last off road show I was at, I did a report on that, and uh, we can listen to that at some point in time. I've got an interview with actually. Um, we haven't set a date yet to do this, uh, but he's already shown interest. And I I loved his story. He's on he's on the forum, um, and I his story is unique and touching. And so I I thought it would definitely be suitable to to get him on for an interview. He goes by four by four Troy, and um, he's a great guy. He um, he found this Jeep through whatever means. We'll get into that for the interview. I'm not gonna not gonna do too much to spoil it. Um, yes. But um, he found this Jeep and he bought it from this woman. And later found out that uh, the Jeep belonged to her son, which was killed. And he is building this Jeep in the vision that uh, her son had. And he's, he, he's dedicated that build to him and has even called the Jeep uh, the same name as, as her son. So we're going we're gonna to peel back the layers on that story and, and get into that. It's, it's absolutely honorable, I think, uh, in the whole thing. He's doing it exactly the way... Um, that uh, that her son had had wanted, and uh, and he's going just through the the first phases of it, and um, he's already got a fairly decent amount accomplished, and he's got a really good, really interesting plan for it. So I, I can't wait to see how it turns out, and I can't wait to um, to hear the whole story. Also, too, I want to take a, a moment before I uh, completely forget about it and uh, seem to be a an evil, uh, self centered uh, bastard. Uh, the uh, the East Coast uh, suffered a quite uh, devastating hurricane and uh, uh, well superstorm uh, as when it joined up with the uh, the cold front in that area, and I don't want to uh, not mention that in the podcast. Uh, if you guys are in the Northeast and uh, maybe listening to the podcast uh, a few days uh, uh, after it's been released because of power issues or perhaps you were um, trying to find some place to charge your cell phone before you could actually. Uh, listen to the podcast, you know, finding uh, shelter and food would be secondary, of course, to, to listening to the podcast. But <laughs> I think, you know what I'm, I think, you know what I mean? You know, uh, if you've got a lot of time on your hands, maybe pod, listening to the podcast is something that you look forward to. But anyway, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to you guys uh, out there in the Northeast. Uh, so, so sorry to hear there was uh, such a, uh, a large uh, loss of life. Um, I would imagine that a lot of that had to do with uh, the, the storm surge and uh, the low-lying areas, uh, certainly New York, uh, very low-lying. Uh, I can't, personally, I can't believe that the water is that, that close to the, the, the Metroplex and uh, so high. You know, I, I know it's all relative whenever you're looking at these helicopter shots. Uh, that water looks like it's right there on the, at street level, but I'm, I'm sure that it doesn't take much to get water on the, the streets there in, uh, in New York. Well, and especially the the size of that storm surge that they had. I mean, just my heart went out to everybody, and I actually got a a local connection here. A company out of Oregon uh, sent, actually, really close to me, in fact, uh, sent these large pumps um, that have this super high efficiency that they were using in in the subway tunnels and and around town to to evacuate the water out of those lower areas to get the infrastructure back up and going. And I mean, something along the lines of like 30,000 30, gallons a minute that these things pump out. I mean, just insane. And um, they sent them out. Uh, they sent them out for Katrina, and they sent out a whole mess of them. 
out to the East Coast uh, to help with the uh, help with the recovery and the rebuilding and get some of that water out of there for these people to get things get back and going again. You know, I uh, I heard a report, and I don't know how true it is. I think I saw it on uh, on Twitter that uh, somebody, uh, a celebrity, was complaining that um, the National Guard was sent into New York, I think New York City, and uh, I believe it was the mayor told them to go go away. We don't need you here because they were carrying guns. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you mean wait, a celebrity was complaining? No. <laughs> well, believe it or not, there are a few celebrities out there that uh, are pro-gun and uh <laughs> and and pro um I'll just say uh, right right way of thinking. Mhm. So and of course, that's the again. Our thoughts and prayers go out with all the victims and uh, everybody that is still suffering. Uh, last I heard, I haven't heard in the past day or so, but last I heard, there was 2.5 million people left uh, with still without power. And oh, uh, I, actually, I was very happy to hear that uh, the uh, New York City mayor, or maybe it was the uh, the governor. Actually, I think it was the mayor. Uh, came up, uh, uh, came up to, or came to his senses and canceled the marathon. Yeah, I heard that as well, and uh, that's, I mean, kudos for him for doing the right thing there. They, you know, they don't need to spread their resources any thinner than they already are, and, and I mean, there's, there'll be time enough and, and place for, for proper distraction, but, you know, now certainly isn't the time to distract, a, you know, from what needs to be done with a something like a marathon. Well, I mean, I certainly understand that you, it's it's good for morale. It, it shows everybody there, not only uh, in the city, but external to the city, that uh, New York is going to be okay. They're, we're going to get through this. And, and uh, I understand the morale aspect, but when there's people staying in hotels because they don't have a place to live because it was destroyed, and people are coming in from out of town and complaining because they uh, booked those rooms for the marathon, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> and also, too, they were ha- they were pulling generators out of I think it was New Jersey where there was no power, and taking them to Central Park for the marathon. Oh, jeez! To me, that is completely yeah. oh. insane. So anyway, um, it's it's very easy. Um, I know there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, and there's a lot of people that you have to please. So. Uh, to me, it seems a very simple thing that they should have said, no, we're not having that. We're going to reschedule. And the people flying in would not have even flown in because it would have been canceled and, and they could, they could say a thousand miles away and bitch about why they couldn't go to the marathon. Uh, but, uh, at least the, the focus for the, the local government should have been on the people. And, um, hopefully that's, that's what they're, what they're getting. And it does seem that FEMA was there and ready uh, ahead of time for this, I think that uh, the beating that Bush got uh, for Katrina uh, certainly laid the groundwork for uh, FEMA being ready this time, and uh, uh, I think to a large degree they were. Um, so I'm just I'm just sorry that so many people lost their lives in that. Well, I think a, a lot of the local governments uh, nationwide have really stepped up as well um, and, and been sending relief and, and help. I know um, I think six different crews from the Portland General Electric Company have been sent out there as well to help the guys get the the power turned back on. I, I would be surprised if other states and other cities didn't didn't do the same and, and be sending as many of the uh, you know uh, spare electrical crews that they can to get help get out there and, and help start stringing wire and, and get that power back on. I don't want to make this a political thing, but another thing that I saw on social media is um, s- some power workers uh, volunteering out of it, Alabama 
went to New York to help get the power back on, and they were turned away. Can you guess why they were turned away? Jeez, uh, couldn't, couldn't put them up or something? I, I don't know. I can't think of a single good reason. They are non-union. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> they, they are non-union, so they can't work there. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Would you like this ice-cold liquid here in hell? Uh, are you a union member? No, <laughs> thank you. I can't accept that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, that's that's his. Uh, I, I will get a little more political. Um, as uh, as we know, <laughs> as we so sorely know, and uh, we notice this every time we sit down, uh, because of the so many ads, so many people talking about it. I'll just t- say very briefly, and and Josh can say very briefly. Uh, everybody remember <clears throat> Tuesday is the presidential election along with a multitude of other elections, but, uh, the, the primary thing being the presidential election this, uh, this Tuesday and, uh, needless to say, it will be uh, a very interesting outcome one way or one way or another. And, uh, also to thank God, thank you, God in heaven, <laughs> the political ads will cease. I cannot wait for this campaign to be over. <laughs> I cannot wait. The for bitching, this the bitching will go on for months. The bitching will go on for months. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> no, we'll be just in time to to hear all the the recount rhetoric, <laughs> the pregnant chads, and you know the storm is going to make it very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, because they they're going to be writing stuff down, and it's going to be. Uh, very interesting to see uh, when we find out uh, the 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 Bush Gore um, presidential uh, election was uh, very painful. Weeks and weeks. I can't remember how long it was. I just had kind of had to put it out of my mind. Too long. Yeah, uh, that's how long it was. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember what I was wearing. You know, kind of a sports reference. You know, I need to put on the the same clothes I was wearing during that time to see if I can uh, help. Uh, help the team that I want to win uh, <laughs> this election come out okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, with everything that I've been hearing and, and whether or not it's it's so much spin or not, um, it sounds like it's going to be a, a close presidential race. So I think it, it comes down to, you know, every vote counts. I know that that's cliche and everything, but um, <laughs> but everybody needs to do their due diligence and, and do what they can to get out there and, and uh, help make a change. Somebody... Yeah, somebody actually actually tweeted every vote counts, and I and I responded to that tweet with Al Gore would uh, <laughs> would argue that point with you. <laughs> I guess I guess it depends on what where the vote is if it's an individual or if it's the Supreme Court. But oh, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, so guys, <clears throat> we're going to uh, wrap up here with Josh and I. Josh, thank you very much for uh, being a co-host and uh, looking forward to uh, working with you. Uh, each and every week. I know, I know there's going to be times that, uh, you're going to be involved in other things, but hopefully we'll, uh, we'll both be here same time, same bat channel and, uh, be able to, uh, entertain and inform our audience. But, uh, uh, thank you and welcome to your first official co-hosting on uh, the XJ talk show. Thanks, Tony. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Hey, this is Nicole Johnson of Johnson Motorsports and I am a monster jam truck driver and you're listening to XJ talk show. 
manufacturing the toughest, strongest, most adjustable control arms in the industry and giving you the best performing, most affordable long arm kit on the market. Iron Man 4x4 has what you're looking for. Improve the capabilities of your Jeep with a wide selection of suspension and steering components, shackles, even motor mounts and transmission mounts. Add to that an entire array of custom builder parts for virtually any project and combine them with brands like Bilstein, King, Fox, Procomp, Energy Suspension and Curry and you'll know you're getting the best for your Jeep. You've got a custom project? Iron Man 4x4 can fabricate custom links to your specifications in both steel or 7075 alloy aluminum and available with genuine Johnny joints. Iron Man 4x4 stands behind their work, offering a lifetime guarantee on all control arm steel parts. Family owned, American owned, and American made right here in the USA. International shipping is available. See our eBay store or order by phone 704-796-3502 or check us out on the web at ironman4x4fab.com. That's ironman4x4fab.com. Hey guys, this is Josh. Hey, uh, recently I, um, I was lucky enough to be a part of a uh, Jeep and off-road show and uh, they were they were kind enough to bring me back again. I, I was the MC and DJ last year, and uh, they let me do it again this year. So this year, I uh, I had a uh, a digital recorder with me, and so I walked around uh, when I could. Uh, of course, I was you know ne- neglecting some of my duties a little bit at the time, but I figured I'd go ahead and share with you some of the audio that I captured throughout the day, uh, kind of an, an on the scenes report, if you will, of this. Um, it was the first annual No Roads Required Jeep and Off Road Show. It was held in southwest Washington, a little town called Vancouver, Washington. You may have heard of it. It's just outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, just about a 10-minute drive from Portland, Oregon. And um, and the following is going to be audio excerpts from what I captured uh, throughout the day. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, folks, this is Josh, Northwest 99XJ. I'm here at the first annual No Roads Required Jeep and Off-Road Show. I'm standing at the far end of the lot today. It's a lot sponsored here by Fast Specialties up in Vancouver, Washington. It's where we're at today. A beautiful day. It's going to be in the mid-70s, a light breeze, and I'm in a parking lot full of Jeeps, folks. There is a ton of rigs here, at least 100 vehicles, not to mention twice that in spectators. All kinds of families here, all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds. And we have everything from uh, full-size Fords, Grand Cherokees, CJs, TJs, LJs. There is a sick JK here sitting on 40s with a Hemi in it. Oh, that's right, a V8. It is ridiculous here. And I can't even begin to tell you guys how many Cherokees are here. There is a ton of XJs here. It is ridiculous. I- I'm just absolutely in Jeep heaven here, folks. This is awesome. I'm going to have some pictures posted up uh, to, get, to get you guys an idea of exactly Exactly what this looks like here. It is an awesome event. All proceeds are going to help out the folks with uh, Pistons Wild. Uh, they are a motorsports club up in southwest Washington, and they're trying to get a new OHV park uh, put together. Uh, it's called uh, the, the Yakult Burn Project, and all proceeds generated here today are going towards helping them out. Uh, we're going to be uh, asking for some donations from some other folks as well. Uh, we're going to have some very pretty girls walking around and, and helping out, collecting some of those donations. And so uh, I believe Fast Specialties is even going to make a charitable contribution. Uh, I think they're going to match whatever we donate here, whatever gets raised here today. So that is going to be absolutely awesome. I'm um, going to head back towards the DJ booth right now. I'm standing here at the far end of the lot because I got the tunes absolutely cranked. And you can't hear me unless uh, uh, you know I'm back all the way back here at the end. I'm going to walk through... Uh, talk with some of these vendors at some point today we got a ton of vendors here uh con or, i'm sorry a compact 
Camping Concepts. They produce a very custom off-road trailer uh, that is absolutely unique. It is absolutely phenomenal. A, a tent-top trailer that is capable of going over the most extreme terrain. We've got Metal Cloak here as well, uh, doing some absolutely phenomenal display here with their Metal Cloak TJ. Um, we got Search and Rescue here. RMP Four-Wheel Drive Parts is here as well with an absolutely fantastic display full of axles and knuckles and all kinds of stuff that they fabricate as well. Uh, we got a few other vendors here. Of course, Bushwhacker making an awesome appearance with their Bushwhacker TJ. Uh, we got a ton of other sponsors here as well. Uh, Double Black Diamond Off-Road. Bree and Bub Off-Road uh, Fabrication is, is here as well. Uh, Stripe Line is here uh, with their... I think it's a TJ. It might be a JK. I'm not sure. Uh, but it is, that thing is absolutely decked out. They do vehicle graphics uh, and vinyl wrapping and stuff like that. Uh, I'm getting moved out of the way here by this Bronco coming through with a massive V8. You hear that thing rumble by me. Oh, wow. He's propane powered. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, I just looked in the back of that thing. He's got two massive propane tanks. That is that is awesome. Uh, we've got some uh, off-road racing buggies here as well. I'm mean, just talking all kinds of different vehicles here that are here. Uh, it is way cool. Glad to be a part of this thing. And uh, if you guys ever make it out to the Northwest, this is going to be an annual event. And it is something to behold. Uh, it's going to get bigger and better each and every year. This is actually the third in a series of these events. Uh, in the last few years, it's been called Don't Fear the Jeeper. Uh, but due to some legal issues, we weren't able to use that name. Uh, so it's become the No Roads Required event. So I've got to pay homage to, uh, to the roots of this event and, of course, the, the following that is, uh, that is uh, sort of brought with it. Uh, and, of course, uh, can't you know, forget the, um, uh, the charitable donations. The, it's all going to a good cause, the Yakult Burn Project. Uh, we all love OHV Parks, being able to get off-road and doing it legally. And uh, these folks from Pistons Wild are running into a lot of red tape trying to get their OHV Park generated. And all the proceeds from this are going to help that out and make sure that that's possible and they can start turning some dirt. Uh, we got all kinds of clubs here to, as well. Uh, tons of folks. NAXJA, NAXJA is here, North American XJA Association, uh, Salem Jeepers is here, uh, Grand Crawlers Off-Road, uh, Pistons Wild, of course. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. I'll make sure I get an updated list for you guys uh, so you can go ahead and check out their groups as well. We're going to have some pictures posted up in the show comments uh, so you guys can kind of see what the show is all about. And I'll be uh, going around and talking to some folks and interviewing some folks as we go on as well. And you guys can check those uh, out as well. We'll go ahead and make sure we get all that into the show. A lot to cover today, uh, so I'll be checking with you guys later on. Well, hey guys, if you hadn't figured it out already, um, the company who was hosting the event uh, is a company called Fast Specialties. And uh, what they are is a, is a pretty much a speed shop. It's a go fast company. Um, and all they do is performance for the most part. They do lift kits and, and off-road builds and stuff like that. Um, that JK that I had spoke about on 40s uh, was, was one of their builds. Uh, they, they tore that thing down from bone stock, throw a 5.9 liter V8 in it. And uh, and souped it up with some metal cloak and a and a long arm suspension and, and really did a whole bunch of other stuff to it to make it just look absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, I didn't get any pictures of that. I think uh, somebody that was there that I know personally might have gotten some pictures of it. I'll see if I can't snag those and post it up for you guys to to check out. I mean, it, it is a nice Jeep. I know we're all Cherokee fans and and, and Cherokee owners and stuff, but this was certainly uh, something that was easy on the eyes. But after, after I, I sort of walked around the lot, I went ahead and made my way into Fast Specialty Shop. I noticed there was a lot of people that were going back there. So I kind of, you know, curiosity killed the cat, so to speak. So I went back there to kind of check out what was going on, and this is what I found. 
Well, folks, I am uh, back here in the Fast Specialty Shop. Once again, there is a massive crowd that has gathered up. We've got a race Jeep up here on the dyno right now. Things sitting about six feet in the air, and they're ready to do a pull here in just a minute. Of course, uh, you know, standard rules apply. you got to disconnect that front drive line on a four-wheel drive vehicle just so there's no chance of a gear catching and uh, pulling that thing right off the table. Uh, they're going to do a pull on this on this racetrack, folks. Uh, massive headers coming off this thing. Uh, I believe this is Piston Wild's official race vehicle. Uh, we're going to be doing a pull on this here in just a little bit on this dyno here at Fast Specialties. We'll see what kind of horsepower and torque this thing's putting out. Hang tight. And so with very little effort, I was able to track down the, uh, the owner of said vehicle on the dyno there, and I uh, was able to ask her a few questions. Hey folks, I'm here with Crystal, who is with Pistons Wild. She has her uh, official race vehicle up on the dyno right now, and that's, uh, that's an impressive piece of machinery you got up there. Well, thank you. We we enjoy it. Uh, you guys built that from scratch, is that right? Actually, we bought um, an older vehicle about 20 years ago, and then we've uh, revamped it and put a Ford motor in it, and uh, we go out and play with it all summer long. Uh, how, how many times have you guys competed with that so far? Oh, we've competed with that race truck uh, probably a couple hundred times. Is that right? That is awesome. How, how well does it do? I think it does really great. It's an Archie Summers motor. I'm pretty happy. It's a little Ford small block. Um, this will be the first time this engine's been dynoed. Uh, the last time it went in, we didn't have time to dyno. Um, so this will be the first time we get to see the numbers on it. Uh, any uh, ballpark? You want to take a guess of what you might be pulling today? You know, I think I'm optimistic, but I'm shooting for 500 horsepower and 500 foot-pounds of torque. <laughs> that are, those are impressive numbers coming from a little small block, actually. Uh, and folks, uh, this thing is up here on the dyno. It's sitting about four and a half, five, six feet in the air right now. They just finished strapping it up. Uh, went ahead and disconnected the front drive line on it, and it looks like they're they're getting ready to begin here. Uh, we're going to do a full pull on this, maybe even two, and find out what uh, Pistons Wild little race truck here is going to pull out. All right, folks, the operator has just climbed in. He's uh, hooked up a fan and just now fired it up, as you can tell. Uh, you can hear that aggressive cam in that thing. Uh, it's just humming away. They got it warmed up earlier, so I think he's he's going to be ready to pull on this thing here in just a minute. Oh, maybe not. It looked like it was uh, it was bouncing around a little bit. Uh, once those gears uh, engage, that thing uh, that thing really wants to get it giddy up and go. So he's just checking the straps right now, making sure that it's uh, all secure. Definitely don't want this thing flying off the table. So right now, uh, the operator is setting all the parameters on the computer of the dyno. He's got his graphs and charts all laid out, the display set up. Looks like he's, uh, he's clearing everything for, for a new run, reading all of the, all the sensors that have been hooked up to this thing. He's got his trigger in hand, and he's climbing back into the vehicle. Now doing one more precursory check, making sure all the straps are, uh, are set. All right, now he's climbing back in. This is a fiberglass Jeep funny car body. It's got Bronco running gear, removable steering wheel, full roll cage. Got a pretty low center of gravity, a long wheelbase. Crystal is off to the side right now, looking on intensely. I think it's the first time that she's seen this thing up in the air like this. There we go. There is a massive crowd here. I'm going to say about 75 people that are looking on watching this thing. It's going to get loud. People are plugging their ears. He's got it in gear right now. Back tires are turning. 
He's going to begin the poll right now. Testing out the throttle response, I think. Just making sure everything's going to be okay. Here we go. something else right there folks you'd have to be here in order to uh, really experience what that's like that is absolutely awesome well hey guys i didn't actually get a chance to get those numbers off the dyno uh before i had to get back to the dj booth and take care of some business but uh, from what i could tell uh looking at the at crystal's uh expressions on her face later and <laughs> how she was dancing around the lot i'd say that uh that the numbers she got from that dyno pole were pretty happy but i tell you what when that uh when that thing backfired uh as well in that little shop uh, just about all of us jumped uh, right out of our shoes it was it was something else it was good times for sure well hey in addition to that um i, I got a chance to sit down with a fellow from uh, double black diamond off-road turned out he is the uh, founder and co-owner of Double Black Diamond Off-Road. It's a little um, online and uh, and print magazine dedicated to the uh, off-road community here in the Pacific Northwest. So I got a chance to sit with him and answer a few or ask a few questions, and uh, this is what we got. Hey, folks, it's Josh, Northwest 99XJ, and I'm standing here with Kelly uh, with Double Black Diamond Off-Road. How you doing, Kelly? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Awesome, awesome. Thanks. We're here at the first annual No Roads Required Off-Road Show uh, with an awesome turnout um, double Black Diamond here, of course, in force. Uh, got the Double Black Diamond girls here as well. Of course, half their staff is here in force, and and they're really making a presence. Kelly, you guys have, uh, are a new startup company, is that right? That is correct. And uh, you guys are uh, more along the lines of, a, of an off-road magazine, is that right? That is correct. We are uh, one of the second uh, off-road magazines uh, to start in the Northwest. And you guys are primarily focused on the Northwest, is that right? That is correct. It's all about the Northwest with us. We're going to try to keep everything local uh, with this magazine so everybody gets a chance to be in a uh, professional magazine. 
That's awesome. Now, you guys have been uh, doing a lot of picture taking. I know I've been up with you guys on the trails a couple of times before, um, and you guys are just absolutely insane with the amount of picture taking that you've done. Uh, now, you guys have an online presence, is that right? Yes, uh, we uh, have our website, which is uh, www.doubleblackdiamondoffroad.com, and we also are on Facebook at Double Black Diamond Offroad. Um, we have both those up. We try to put everybody's pictures on there that we can. Uh, like, like you said, we do take an awful lot of pictures. And the reason we do that is because we want to make sure we get the best shot that we possibly can for everybody. And that's awesome. Now, you guys uh, obviously are involved here in the show. I imagine you guys are going to be trying to involved and be as involved as you can with all the local shows and, and the events that are going on. Is that right? That is correct. We want to be involved with the off-road community. Uh, we believe that it is about a community. And we want everybody to know that we're out there for everybody, not just certain people, but everybody that goes to these shows. And that's what it's all about. Um, really, it's it's not just about Jeeps. It's not just about one type of vehicle or one type of wheeler. It's about the off-road community as a whole. And, and you guys are representing, you know, the Northwest with what you guys are doing. Um, sort of, you know, put into words, if you can, your, your guys' mission statement, what Double Black Diamond Road Off-Road is all about and, and what your guys' plan is. Double Luck Diamond, what we are about is we're about community efforts and showing that you don't need to spend $20,000 on a brand new vehicle and then throw another $30,000 underneath of it just to go out and wheel and have fun. Everybody has their own style, everybody has their own ways of doing things, and we want to showcase that. We want everybody to have their chance in the spotlight. You know, they're 15 minutes of fame. That's what we're about. You know, to be honest with you, the way I look at it is this started as a dream for me and it was looking at the off-road magazines out there that they're buying these brand new vehicles, throwing fifty thousand, you know, thirty to fifty thousand dollars worth of parts. I know I can't afford it, can you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, all right. <laughs> and that's the whole thing is I do my my stuff all on my own and uh, everybody I know does it the same way. And most of our listeners, I know I can speak for, for a, a large part of it. We're all wrench turners. We all do a lot of our own work as well. I mean, it's the best way to save money and stuff. And the and best way to get out and enjoy what we like, what we love is you know being out there off-road, on the trails, out in the woods or in the mud and, what, and whatnot. Uh, now you guys have some events planned of your own coming up. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, November 3rd, we're having another off-road show out of Rotter's Bar in Oregon City. Um, just a little thing for everybody to get to together and have some fun, uh, talk about your Jeeps. We're going to have a raffle, and we're going to throw in a little contest in there to see who gets the best crawlers. Oh, making it interesting. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, on January 1st, uh, or actually December 31st to January 1st, we're having our first annual Hangover Poker Run. And, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a few folks hung over at the hangover run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, once again, we, you know, we want to make sure that everybody knows that we don't condone drinking and driving. But, you know, if you have a few beers at night, just know that you got to get up the next morning to go on a run. That's right, folks. It's all about safety and stuff. Safety fourth, as I always say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys got an awesome mission. You, you got a, I mean, as a startup, you definitely got a good game plan going. You guys have hit the ground running. 
and, uh, and it's just it's just awesome. I mean, you're starting out here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, not a whole lot of national coverage, but you don't need it with uh, the kind of off-road community that's out here in Oregon, Washington, uh, and out here in the Northwest. There's a lot of people, as we see here at the show, over 100 vehicles uh, that, that are here just as the registered show vehicles, probably 200 people in attendance alone. I mean, this is just one little show. We've got multiple shows coming up. Got multiple shows coming up here in the Northwest. Obviously, Double Black Diamond Off Road being a part of. Obviously, Double Black Diamond Off Road being a part of that, and of course having their own shows as well. Um, Kelly, uh, if people want to learn more about what you guys are and and where to find more information about you guys and what you guys do, where can they go again? They can go to uh, Facebook at Double Black Diamond Off Road, or you can also go to our website, which is www.doubleblackdiamondoffroad.com. And if you have any questions, any concerns, anything you want to talk to us about, all of our information is up there. You can even contact me directly on my phone number, which is on the Facebook and uh, website. Awesome. An online presence, uh, monthly newsletters and stuff as well, uh, and, and easy to get a hold of. Lots of information and very active here in the off-road community. Kelly, I'm sure we'll be talking more as the weeks and months go on, and I hope to uh, get a chance to sit down with you again and interview you guys more uh, later on. Thanks again. Thank you. Anytime, anyplace. Well, as you guys have probably gathered by now, the whole point behind this show was to raise funds for the Yakult Burn Project. And um, and I got a chance to sit down with a representative from Pistons Wild Motorsports Club. And um, they're the ones that are taking this project on and, and spearheading the whole, the whole project. Um, his name is Paul. He's a good sport, kind of soft-spoken guy. So um, the music kind of overpowered him a little bit. And uh, they're their booth was uh, was kind of close to the RTI ramp, which was kind of close to my DJ booth. So I apologize for for the music kind of overpowering him a little bit, um, but I, you should be able to hear him good enough to kind of get the gist of it. Hey guys, once again, we're out here at the first annual No Roads Required Jeep and Off-Road Show up here in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, all the proceeds today are going to support the Yakult Burn Project, which is a big project here supported by Pistons Wild. And today I'm here with a representative, Paul, from Pistons Wild, and uh, we're going to ask him a couple questions, find out what this whole thing, what the Yakult Burn Project really is and, and where it's at and where they're going with it and all that stuff. Uh, first of all, thanks, Paul, for taking the time to, to answer the questions. Appreciate it. How are you doing today? Not too bad. A little warm. It is. A, it's a little bit warm today. Awesomely warm for an October. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> so first off, uh, Pistons Wild, what are you guys? Uh, we're a local Clark County Motorsports Club. Uh, we branched down into Oregon as well. I believe we have an Oregon chapter. But we're a group of enthusiasts, uh, really, that are just really motor-dependent uh, enthusiasts. We've got everything from uh, snowmobiles to dirt bikes to Jeeps and Toyotas, and, and people that just love being out in the great outdoors and love going fast or going slow or whatever kind of your thing is. That's that sums our group up pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, I like to see that. I mean, broadening the horizon, so to speak. It's not all just about a Jeep or not all just about quads. You guys are covering pretty much all motorsports. I mean, even snowmobiles. Yep. That's freaking awesome. I mean, getting out there in the in the uh, great outdoors is what it's all about. And you guys have a project that you've sort of uh, started undertaking uh, and trying to get going, which is called the Yakult Burn Project. Mm -hmm. And from what I know, uh, from what I understand, Yakult is its little town southwest Washington here, and the Yakult Burn Project is a uh, hopefully up-and-coming OHV area that you guys are trying to open up. Is that right? Correct. It's in addition to uh, current OHV area. Currently they have um, quads and, and, and dirt bike trails uh, on the ground that are open to the public through the Jones Creek Trailhead. And our intention is to add to that current park 
um, to open it up to vehicles, to, to off-highway vehicles, um, so that we can enjoy the forest just like they do. Oh, that's awesome. Now, um, you guys uh, have been uh, un- into this event for, for how long? Have we trying to get this going for how long now? Five, six years now. Five, six years. Five, five years, five years, years now. The Department of Natural Resources has sort of uh, been making sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and and <laughs> making sure all that is everything is, is, is in order before you guys can actually start cutting trails in. Is that right? Yeah, we've, uh, as a club, laid the... The, the, we've mapped the trails and, and laid the kind of the groundwork to make sure that as a as a as a community, you know, the trails were what we wanted, uh, and then of course with the blessing from DNR um, to make sure that we're we're being responsible and that the trails are sustainable so that they can stay open, uh, so that we don't run into the same issues as they are up north with all the trails that are constantly getting closed. Uh, due to erosion or, or streams that they're damaging. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I know I've got first-hand experience with, you know, erosion control and stuff uh, recently up in the Tillamook State Forest, working uh, with the new Saddle Up trail design. I've uh, been an instrument, instrument, instrument part of that. Um, working with the um, ODF up there, making sure that our new trail design is, you know, sustainable, that we got to, you know, addressing any and all erosion control and stuff like that. Um, now, you guys, I mean, five, six years now that you've been you've been rolling with this, seems like that's a lot of red tape that you guys are running into. Is, is you've been getting a lot of roadblocks? Well, it's it's just the process. You know, we're, we decided as a club, the, the founding members, that they were going to attack this um, the right way, the, the sustainable way. Um, instead of just going up in the woods and tearing it up, we decided that we were going to do whatever it took and, and take our time and be patient to make sure that we, you know, filled out all the paperwork and dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and, and that we designed a system that would be here for the generations to come. And so that's that's just part of the deal. Um, we understand that when you're dealing with government agencies that it, it takes time, and we're, we're okay with that. Um, you guys, you guys had a lot of club support behind this, a lot of volunteer support as well. You guys are up there quite frequently doing trail cleanup and, and making sure that, that the, the area is not only usable but also uh, you know, environmentally friendly. You make sure that people are out there wheeling or, or you know, using the trails legally and stuff. Um, very involved with the whole project as a whole from what I understand. Um, now, what are, what are your hopes? I mean, where, where are we at right now and where are you guys planning? Uh, you know, hopefully, this, this, uh, uh, where, where is this going to be going here in the near future? Well, the, the system has been broken up into three stages. Currently, we have uh, the approval for stage one, and all those trails have been mapped and cataloged and GPSed and um, streams typed, and uh, we're, in, we're, we're, we're just waiting. Uh, we're currently in the midst of a judicial challenge, um, and so we're, we're kind of stopped up in, in courts, basically. Um, so there's some litigation that's, that's yeah. holding you guys up right now. Can you talk on that at all, or...? Because so, really. because that's an yeah. active it, case, you can't yeah, you can't really touch on it. Yeah, we just want to kind of stay out of it and and let DNR do their job, and um, we we trust them, and they're going to do a great job at it. And we know that they've done everything they can to make sure that this process is legal and legitimate. And uh, we're just waiting to hear. So we're we've kind of put it on the back burner. We're enjoying cruisings like this. We had another one uh, three weeks ago, and we had a cleanup up up in Yakel last weekend. So. We're just kind of kicking back and, and enjoying ourselves as a club and making sure that we um, we recreate some this, this summer and, and hoping that uh, when it dries up next summer, we'll be turning trail and, and we'll be moving forward then. 
And so that's that's the hopes is that next summer you guys get the green light to to really I mean go forward with the the cutting into the trails and stuff like that. Uh, how how big of a project are we talking about here? I mean, are we just talking a, a trail or two, or is this a rather expansive project? Um, it's a 30 mile system. Wow. In in totality. Um, so it's it's going to be pretty impressive when it's done. Is it a single trail, 30 miles long, or is it a trail it's, system? It's several trails. It's a it's going to be a system very similar to TSF. Uh, so uh, varying trails of varying difficulty yes. and varying length. And we understand uh, as the project gets started, um, you know, we're definitely going to have to be mindful of what some of the more aggressive trails in systems like um, Tillamook State Force what they do to the environment. So we're going to definitely shoot for more moderate trails to begin with, and then as we're able to prove as a community that, that we can be responsible on those trails, then we'll be able to expand, hopefully, and, and get into some more aggressive stuff. If people want to learn more about you, your club and the project that you guys have headed up, where could they go? You can go to pistonswild.com, and also the Department of Natural Resources has a website. Um, I don't know what that address is off the top of my head. Uh, that's okay. We'll get that here in just a second. Uh, all the information on this is uh, is available online, and of course, every all the proceeds today uh, generated from ev- this event and events like this are going towards the Yakult Burn Project. So we'll go ahead and make sure that we get links up on the show notes uh, for that, uh, and make sure we have all the necessary links as well, so you guys can find out um, about this. If you want to learn more, PistonsWild.com or www.dnr.wa.gov, uh, and all the information on the Yakult Burn Project, what this is, and the club behind it is available online. Thanks again, folks, and thanks, Paul, for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, hey, Paul was a good sport. Um, he was kind of nervous, uh, understandably so. I mean, there's there's some litigation, some legal stuff going on, and, and of course, with a representative from the Department of Natural Resources standing right there, making sure that he's not, you know, saying something he's not supposed to. Uh, I could I could definitely tell he was he was a little bit nervous. So. But I don't think there was anybody more nervous than the man that put the whole thing together. His name's Jordan Green, and he um, he put this whole event together in next to no time. Uh, this thing got dumped in his lap sort of last minute. A lot of his support uh, from the company that he works for, a dealership that had sponsored this in the past, kind of um, kind of fell through a little bit. They they uh, they decided to to play a little bit different of a role in the whole thing. And he had never, ever done anything like this before. So the the whole week or so leading up to the event when things were really kind of culminating and coming together, um, he was <laughs> he was pulling his hair out. I swear he's he's got a few more gray hairs than he than he did before, that's for sure. But he's a good sport. Um, but he was a little nervous um, sitting down with me and, and asking some questions. I you know, I didn't really put him on the spot, but I don't think he's ever really been in that kind of situation of, but before being interviewed or anything like that. So, Um, But I I got a few minutes of his time and uh, I I could tell he was anxious to get out of there and and do some relaxing after after all this. But uh, it's at the end of the day and uh, most of the vendors had taken off uh, and and most of the spectators as well. And I was just about finished loading up and I kind of uh, grabbed him and it was like, you know, uh, hey, let me get a few moments of your time, a few minutes of your time and uh, and ask you a few questions about this whole thing. And and uh, this is what we got. Everybody, I'm here with Jordan Green. Uh, this is the sort of the man behind the uh, the green curtain. He's the one who's pretty much made this whole event possible. Uh, once again, we're here. This is at the uh, pretty much the closing end of the first annual No Roads Required Off Road Show. Uh, I would say is a huge success. Uh, Jordan, thanks for taking the time to answer a few questions. Appreciate it. Uh, wouldn't you say this is a pretty much a, an awesome event that that went off uh, great and a huge success? 
Yeah, no, it was it was an awesome event. I am completely blown away with the amount of people that showed up, the support that we got in the Jeep community and the off-road community in general. So for our, our first one, for how fast we had to put it together, it went off without a hitch, and I'm looking forward to next year. Now, this is kind of uh, almost a, a third in a series or fourth in a series of events that that uh, has been uh, sort of going towards the cause of sorts. Um, last year, it was called Don't Fear the Jeeper, and it was like that for at least a couple years before. There were some issues that uh, wasn't able to make that happen again. We sort of uh, took things off in a different direction with a new name, the No Roads Required, uh, and you took the reins, really, and, and made this all happen. How, how did all that go down i mean how did it end up going from from one to to the other and then you getting involved well um it was just kind of one of those things where the the main people that were putting the don't fear the jeeper event on over the last two years before this i think so there was kind of a change in management and everything uh, at the decana jeep store and the two guys that really they were the main driving force at the dealership that organized the whole event they just really got the word out and since they weren't there anymore working at the store, it was kind of up in the air at first. Because it got announced early that the Don't Fear the Jeeper was not going to happen again. And there was a, a huge outcry of uh, people that were not too happy about that. Am I right? Yeah, no, we, we saw a lot of heat um, when we, well, at that point, I wasn't necessarily involved when they made that decision. I came on after they realized that they should probably throw the event and then we started it started to kind of adapt into this no roads required off-road show um, that we saw here today and then there was again just certain situations where Dick Hanna Jeep had to step back as the title sponsor and I was still heavily involved and then all of a sudden I was running the entire thing <laughs> one day <laughs> so it all pretty much just got thrown in your lap then and said uh yeah. well here you go yeah it was kind of one of those like oh hey um yeah you're gonna run it now because we're not we're not doing it anymore but <laughs> well jordan i mean just uh you know obviously being a part of this you know i was djing and emceeing the the whole thing uh, you put together an awesome show i mean you had great vendor support obviously everybody came out of the woodwork we had how many vehicles show up today um, we probably had about 170 on the high end. We had people kind of wow. coming and going, but, you know, at least 150 vehicles at all, all points during the day. Well, that's just awesome. I mean, and then that's not even including the, the spectator amount. I mean, you imagine at least one, two, if not as many as four people per vehicle. And we had to have two or 300 people here today, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, easy. No, most of the people that were uh, coming through the gate, I was just i was kind of helping get people going through the gate and and there was probably on average at least three people in in the car every single rig that came in that's awesome yeah we had a, a, a huge raffle here at the end of the day uh, all of the vendors that that showed up today were very generous with their donations i'd say and we had a huge table just full of prizes uh, that we raffled off everybody got some raffle tickets we were selling the raffle tickets um, and there was a massive crowd here in front of my area where we were doing the raffle uh, just to see that many people all in one area all for you know one cause i mean we're coming together for you know as an off-road community as off-road enthusiasts and whatnot but um, the event was to sponsor the yak colt burn project an ohv area that's trying to get uh, put together up in the southwest washington 
Washington. Um, and the all the proceeds were going towards that today. Uh, we generated a, a decent amount of money, I'd say. Do you have any kind of idea, ballpark figure, of what, uh, what was generated today? Well, um, our initial count is about two grand. And then we there's still some some uh, money floating around that we have to count up so we're at least looking i mean above two grand is pretty good for our first event and um we'll we'll let everyone know as soon as we we get the final number it'll be awesome yeah is there going to be sort of a, a match from any other people uh, on that figure or is that is that going to be the total tally i'm really hoping so there's been a couple people that have maybe mentioned that they, they might be willing to match that amount so we can get it even higher and get a really good amount of money over to the um, Department of Natural Resources so they can take care of those trails for us. And that's what it's all about, folks. I mean, this event's I mean, sole purpose was not only bringing together an off-road community uh, for a single cause, but that cause being um, getting to getting those those trails open and maintained and, and whatnot. And we t- did talk a little bit earlier with Pistons Wild and with uh, the Department of Natural Resources about that whole project. Uh, Jordan, thanks again for for taking the time. And this is going to be an annual event, is that right? Yep. Every year from now on. I mean, I'm I'm still going to be running it. So as long as I got I'm at least employed here. We'll keep on doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. Once again, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate the time and uh, look forward to talking to you more. Yep. Thank you, man. Well, hey, guys, that's all I got for you for this show here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is my first time doing this sort of thing. Although I'm no stranger to to DJing and, and performing and stuff like that, I'm no stranger to shows and stuff. Obviously, I'd, I had done this show uh, the last year that it was on, it was put on. But this is my first time walking around with a recorder, trying to do two things at once. You know, both be a DJ and and a uh, you know on the scenes reporter of sorts. But um, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it was great. I, I encourage every, anybody to do the same sort of thing if you got a show in your area. You know, have some fun, walk around, talk with some people and stuff, and and record it if you can. I used a digital recorder, um, the kind of things that you'd you'd find recording in a classroom or something like that. Um, and that's all I used to, uh, to put this whole thing together. Um, so, I mean, if I can do it, you guys can do it too. I hope you've enjoyed it. I try to put together, you know, a wide variety of of pieces and 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 snippets from people and stuff like that. I know it kind of ran a little bit long f- uh, from the typical interview standard and stuff like that, but. Um, it, there's a uh, there's a thread created in the uh, on xjtalk.com in the um, the public events section under events and it's called you know no roads required uh, off road show and uh, I think I've got a couple of the event flyers posted up in there um, and I'll try and uh, I, I took a few pictures uh, while I was there as well so I'll go ahead and, and post up some of the pictures that I've got from that event in there as well. Go ahead and, and, and throw some comments in there if you would. Just you know, let me know what you thought about this whole thing. Negative or positive, I'll take any criticism that you got. Uh, no worries. But again, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, tonight we have a very special guest, a very selfless guest that has uh, arranged a uh, food and toy drive that we want to talk to you about tonight. I'm speaking to Aaron. Uh, Also, you know him as OMC Off-Road on the XJTalk.com forums. Aaron, thanks for joining us tonight, and hopefully we can get you some uh, additional uh, goods, foods and toys and uh, donations uh, for this uh, 
very good event that you've put together. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on the uh, show. So, uh, Aaron, tell us a little bit about the uh, about the get together, and uh, maybe give us some background. I think this is the second year that you're holding this. Yeah, this is our uh, this is our second year doing it. Um, a lot of the biggest reasons why we decided to put together is that there's there's still a true fact that uh, families and people in general are still having a very tough time with things. You know, not everybody's as fortunate and can still provide. Uh, for their family. So, you know, for us, it meant a great deal to bring a smile to a family or a child's uh, face during the holidays when, you know, things are still pretty much dismal for people. Yep. The economy's not doing too good. No, no, we're uh, trying to get it together. Um, A lot of our inspiration that came from our, uh, to do our food and toy drive was, uh, you know, when the economy took it for the worst, um, my shop was struggling, so we had to close doors. Um, aside from other reasons, we had to close doors. And then trying to stand back up on your own feet and not being able to get the help that was needed um, is, is some of the biggest inspiration behind this, besides, you know, being at church and getting the mass newsletter after, after church and seeing how many families that they actually do turn away from the soup kitchens and um, just the, the general consensus that, you know, holidays are pretty rough and there's, there's a lot of families that can't do anything nice. Well, you've experienced it firsthand then basically with the, the financial situation you've gone through with your shop. So knowing how it was uh, for you, you were trying to help others, which is great because you certainly could go on the other way and just uh, decided to say, screw it and uh, look out for yourself. So, wonderful. So, this uh, this event is going to be uh, in November, correct? November 10th? Yes, sir. And uh, where's it going to be held, and what hours are you going to be there? Okay, um, we're going to be there from 8 to 4.30, uh, Saturday, November 10th. Um, it's in the parking lot across the street from the Banning City Hall. We're going to be right next door directly next door to the Banning Chamber of Commerce. Um, we will have a, a food vendor. We're supposed to have a live band if weather is nice to us. <laughs> um, hey, you're in California. It's got to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was part of the issue from last year. Why we didn't get uh, that much of a turnout was uh, it rained on us. And we only got like a three-hour break, so we only had uh, – 30 people show up. Most people didn't come because of the weather. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So this is a, uh, a food and toy drive, but it's also uh, an off-road uh, get-together, right? Because you're going right. to have vendors, an off-road show. You're going to have vendors and, and, and so on and so forth. Tell us some, something uh, something about that. How many vendors? Uh, what, what vendors? Uh, we've got about 17 vendors coming out. Um, Corvo will be among some of the vendors, uh, which is the California Off-Road Vehicle Association. Um, they'll have a guest speaker, Harry Baker, who will be uh, talking about uh, trying to save the Rubicon Trail and uh, King of the Hammers in Johnson Valley. Um, we're also going to have Schaefer Oil will be out. They'll be doing demonstrations with their booth. Uh, Kimball Midwest, which is one of the major uh, hardware suppliers for companies for like uh, that do uh, bumpers and whatnot. They'll be uh, showing strength testing on some of the hardware that they sell will have uh, 
genrite, um, orange uranium, uh, solo custom cycles, uh, Ventura County off-road show, uh, Tierra del Sol Jeep Club will be out with their sweepstakes Jeep. So if people want to pick up a raffle ticket for that, they can uh, get a raffle ticket to win their Jeep. Uh, they'll be out. And, and uh, that's that's the other thing. You have some, some raffles and some giveaways going on uh, amongst these vendors too, right? Correct. We do have raffle prizes and door prizes. We'll, we'll be raffling off one of our front bumpers from the shop. Um, that'll be the major uh, raffle at the end of the day or towards the end of the day. Um, we do have door prizes and raffle prizes from Poison Spider, from Genrite, uh, Tough Light, Orange Uranium, uh, Corva, Ventura County Off-Road Show. Um, let me see. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, Pass Auto Center, Star Auto Parts, uh, Fox Movie Theater, Dinosaur Tire, um, we've got quite a bit so far and we got more coming. I do believe Casino Morongo is also going to be doing a couple of, uh, rooms with a spa for the raffle this year. Again. Wow. You've done a lot of work. That is uh, really, really sounds very, uh, exciting and a lot of good, uh, vendors coming there. A lot of good prizes. Yeah, we've, we've got, uh, let me see. It's about. I want to say it's about 150, 170 miles for some of the shops that are coming out. Um, one of the shops out of Ventura County, Roper Fabrication, they're going around to all the local businesses out there, which is, let me see, they've got about 15 different shops that they're hitting up between now and the food drive to do a food collection on top of, I think they're going to have, Donations made by uh, Team LaDuke. Um, oh, man, some of the other off-road teams. I can't, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, Sean and Sarah, they're, they're really great people. They're, they're bringing a lot with them down. Great. So is there? Uh, you said that you were across from the City Hall. Is there an address or anything that you, you can give people? Uh, that would be... Address would be uh, 110 East Ramsey Street. And another way you can track it is by going onto the Banning Chamber of Commerce website and getting their physical address because that's the parking lot we'll be using is right there. Okay. So if they were going to put it in their GPS, the, the, the entire address would be, what was it, 110? 110 East Ramsey. And that's in Banning, California. Yes, sir. V-A-N-N-I-N-G, California. I figure if you're in Southern California, you know what you know about banning. I don't. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. since we don't do much banning on uh, on XJ Talk. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, uh, uh, so the uh, what what is it that you're accepting for, for food and toys? Uh, any new unwrapped toy still in the package um, and any canned goods or, or any dry foods. Um, I do believe we will be able to accept, um, I'm working on getting a truck out here for this, but like uh, if people want to donate frozen turkeys or chickens or stuff like that, we should be able to uh, have means of uh, storage or being able to take that to get it into storage or just probably directly giving it to 
uh, one of the four organizations because they will be there as vendors also, okay. with a, so people know who they're making their donations to. Okay, that sounds kind of iffy at, at this point. Is there a way uh, that people will be able to get uh, an update as far as if you will be accepting the the I don't want the perishable stuff? Uh, like uh, yeah, a website I'll, I'll make an or announcement on that um, okay. on XJ Talk. Okay, and I'll also make an announcement on Facebook. And my website. You kind of dropped out. Was that Facebook? Yeah, on Facebook and also on my website. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and give me the Facebook information and your website information. Okay. You can find us on Facebook under OMC Off-Road. And I I keep reposting the event. I believe you can find the event also through Facebook. Uh, let me double check because I I started a, a page for it. So uh, Facebook, uh, you can get there. And what what is your is it OMC Off Road is your website? Yes, uh, OMCOffRoad.com. Okay, that's easy enough. So it's OMC as in Oscar Mike Charlie. What's OMC stand for? One man's creation. <laughs> Excellent. So any uh, new uh, unwrapped toys and, uh, you know, the common stuff, guys. The, the, they want to be able to see the toys, make sure they're in, uh, in good condition and not a hatchet or something, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the same thing with food. The same thing all the, the food drives do. They want it canned, something that doesn't perish. And as far as the perishables like a turkey or ham or something like that uh, that you might want to donate, that's – that's up in the air, and you'll be able to find out more as the uh, as the event come gets closer. I mean, we got one man here doing all this stuff, so he's got to he's got to get everything lined up. But uh, don't uh, you know? Not I mean, I'm sure people would love to have a turkey to cook. That a, a turkey will feed a lot of people. Yeah, uh, it it will. Um, any anything people can think of that would help a holiday meal too would be great. You know, would work well because um, between help. Carol's Kitchen and the church, um, they, they do a lot of holiday uh, meals for families in need or for the homeless. Oh, yeah, and let's mention uh, who, who you're doing this for. You just mentioned a couple of them. Correct. Um, well, we're doing it for uh, Carol's Kitchen, um, Project 911, which helps kids that are in the system with CPS that come from abuse homes are awaiting are foster care and awards to the state. Um, Blessed Kateri take it with a parish and their soup kitchen at our local church and uh, Help Incorporated, which is a national organization that takes care of uh, seniors, um, families, and, and, and just people generally in need that can't um, provide enough for their families or for themselves. And if you needed another reason, which you shouldn't, uh, this is also tax deductible. Correct. Uh, we will have forms on site to give people uh, tax deduction. Now, I know this is a local event, and certainly people in Southern California, or I guess, frankly, anybody that wants to drive there can. can. Uh, is there a, another way for people to donate and uh, maybe send toys or donate money for, for this event that maybe can't make it? Yeah, I will. Um, I'm in the process of setting up a website for the food drive. Um, if they want, they can send a check, or uh, I will set up a donation tab on my website for the food drive. 
um, so people can make a donation uh, through PayPal. Uh, my email information would be omcoffroad at yahoo.com, or you can contact us through uh, our shop website at www.omcoffroad.com. Or if you need somewhere to ship or mail donations to, um, the address for that would be here at the shop is 1149 West Williams in Banning, California. Zip code is 92220. And if they give a brief description of who they are and what they're sending it or who's coming from so that we can make that announcement during the food drive because we'll be making announcements throughout the entire day. Okay, give me that address one more time. Uh, it would be 1149 West Williams in Banning, California. Zip code is 92220. Okay. And I pulled up the uh, the Facebook uh, account, and it is just that simple, facebook.com slash OMC Offroad. And that OMC is uh, phonetically Oscar Mike Charlie. And if you can't spell Offroad, shame on you. So <clears throat> anyway... <laughs> So anyway, um, well, uh, it sounds like we covered it. Is there uh, anything else that you want to talk about this? Uh, no, I mean, if if anybody wants to come out as a vendor, we're also taking we're also going out of our way to take care of a lot of our local vendors and vendors that are coming out to the show. Um, for some of our vendors that are coming for from more than a hundred miles, uh, Casino Morongo. I will have a complete answer after today, actually. I should have a complete answer. Um, Casino Morongo is going to be giving comp rooms to our vendors that are coming out from 100 miles plus. Um, and we have a local restaurant that will be providing breakfast and lunch to our vendors that come out to the event. So the the event, the venue is a parking lot. So if, if a vendor was going to come out, they would need to bring some tables or something, some sort of setup for their uh, you're not going to have anything there. No, no. They need to bring their, their standard setup for like a show booth for going to a show or whatever else. Well, the small vendors may not have a show booth. <laughs> yeah, that part is true. But if you, if you got a couple of Jeeps or some bikes or however, uh, you can set something up. Yeah. And that was the other thing. Since it's an off-road show, are you encouraging, uh, people with uh, uh, lifted Jeeps and whatnot to come out. I mean, this, this isn't just a Cherokee or in grand. I, I noticed that you, you catered to Cherokees and grand Cherokees at OMC off road, but this isn't just a, a Cherokee and grand Cherokee uh, get together. Is it? No, no. I've got a couple different vendors that are coming out. That's um, like, uh, for example, Roper fabrication. They do uh, Baja trucks. Um, they race in the Baja 1000. Um, the owner of Roper is the crew chief for the Kurt LaDuke and the LaDuke race team. Um, then there's uh, my friend over at Orange Uranium. He does side-by-sides, uh, dirt bike squads, and everything else, and he'll be bringing out some of his stuff. Um, I got another gentleman that does uh, old-school uh, enduro and... Uh, <clears throat> The old Harleys, the old Harley dirt bikes. He does some of those. Um, and Corva, who's one of the major uh, sponsors and vendors for the show, um, they reach out to everybody from hunters to fishermen to everybody that goes off-road in the state of California. So are you encouraging individuals with uh, lifted vehicles to come out? I mean, kind of have a, uh, 
a spontaneous uh, look at my Jeep, look at my truck show? Correct. Good. That's what I was hoping because it's always fun not only to to help others out, but it's also great to have uh, the smooths with people that like like your stuff, that like your rig, <laughs> and show yeah. it off a bit. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's nice. Um, last year we had a real interesting gentleman come out with a uh, nineteen, I think it was an eighty five or eighty eight Chevy Suburban that was like on a six inch lift running forties. The thing was crazy, streetable, <laughs> but crazy. And he came out in the rain. Enjoying himself. And then we had a couple that drove all the way out from San Bernardino and a CJ5 that was uh, still had the soft top on it and everything else. And their crews were going pretty good. And we had, you know, um, a lot of locals that just stopped by in their personal vehicles. So, I mean, you, you can have a custom to, you know, to a Jeep to if you just want to, you know, bring a couple bikes down or your quads down or whatever else and just park them so everybody can see or, or however, you know, it's whatever you feel like bringing because it it's, it's more for anybody who wants to show support for the community. Sure. Which is what we're big on. Yeah. Bring your stuff out that, that looks neat. So pe- more people will show up and more people will bring uh, food and toys. So yeah, that sounds like a good a good time for all. Now, is there going to be alcohol, or is it going to be an alcohol-free place? No, it's alcohol-free. I couldn't pull the permit. <laughs> yeah, so guys, you know, bring bring the goodies, but don't bring the 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 jungle juice. You don't uh, no drinking out there. Yeah, no. Um, we will have a food vendor out there with dollar tacos. Excellent. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, is is this time a rainy time for you? I know that you were saying you you had uh, five hours of rain last year. Yeah, you, you know it's it's hit and miss. You know, sometimes the weather's nice, sometimes the weather's um, pretty cold. Uh, usually, we get snow here at the shop and at the house. So, <laughs> well, see, it, it, it now, happens. Now, see, I'm in Texas and. I'm in South Texas, and it doesn't snow in South Texas, and I, I certainly didn't think it snowed in California, unless you were up in the mountains. Yeah, no, where we're at, we're, we're right in between two mountain ranges in Banning, and sometimes it will snow and sometimes it won't. Um, it just depends on what kind of mood Mother Nature's in. Yeah, well, with all that global warming, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> um, the weather's been interesting. Last week it was cold. And I, I was starting to wear jackets and some other stuff. I'm starting to use a heater in the Jeep. And then this week, we're, you know, turning the swamp cooler back on because it's back up to high 90s. Yep. It's good uh, good weather to get uh, a nice head cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes it interesting. Well, great. Hey, you want to uh, take a few minutes and tell us about your shop? Uh, I'm assuming that you're you're still in business. Yeah, no, I'm still in business. Um Plugging along. Um, after I had to close the shop, uh, well, let me see. I reopened the doors a year and a half ago, and I closed it for a year and a half uh, right after my dad passed away. It was hard to keep it open, and then the economy started to crash so or get worse, and a lot of people weren't doing as much. So it's... Uh, it's been interesting to get it back up and running, but um, getting it back up and running wasn't too bad. But you know, we we specialize in 
Cherokees, uh, Comanches, and Grand Cherokees. You know, it's it's the model that a lot of people don't give enough love to. Everybody likes to uh, knock an XJ or an MJ or a ZJ or, or better yet, a WJ, even though it looks like they got a hemorrhage coming out from the back end. But, you know, <laughs> with as low as that gas tank hangs out, yep. why, why Chrysler did that, I still haven't figured that one out. Well, why did Chrysler stop making the Cherokees? Yeah, uh, 2001, that was uh, – I have a customer – that actually has a license plate and how he figured it out, how he found it still kind of trips me out, but he's got one of the last 10 XJs to roll off the assembly line. Wow. He's got documentation on it and it's just totally amazing. And he, he wheels it, but he doesn't, he doesn't beat it up because he wants to keep it pristine. Cause it's like, you know, for those of us that own XJs, it's like the Holy grail. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the the accident or the the mistake that shouldn't have been uh, shouldn't have happened. The uh, I shouldn't say the mistake. The mistake Chrysler made that uh, they shouldn't have uh, done. Of course, they're still making the uh, still making the uh, the Cherokee, but it's uh, actually a Liberty, and they sell them in Europe. So there you go. I guess they knew yeah. better than to, to pull that crap here because uh, there'd been a lot of people screaming if if some if they put the the Cherokee name on a Liberty Liberty. <clears throat> yeah, that wouldn't have gone over well with a lot of us. That that have been uh, that have probably been a small riot. <laughs> that, that would have been that was blasphemy, and somebody would have to be uh, somebody would have to die at the altar. And I figured they would be German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, we just uh, we manufacture uh, bumpers, rock sliders, uh, roof racks now. Um, I've got body armor coming. From uh, headlight to taillight that'll run down the entire side, so it'll cover the front fender, both doors, and the rear quarter. Um, and I'm doing it out of uh, 316th aluminum so that you can save the weight. Instead of it weighing almost 200 pounds of body armor, it's only going to weigh like 60 pounds. And when you say coming, it's not coming, uh, you're not getting it from somebody else to sell it. You're making it, right? Yeah, no, I manufacture and build all my own stuff. Okay. Everything that has my name on it. Um, I've spent the time and the the effort and the R and D to prototype it, build it, beat it up, abuse it, find the weak spot, fix it, and then put it up for sale. Great. That sounds the way like the way to do it. You want uh you want to make sure it works right before you put your name on it and uh become responsible for it. Yeah. It's Let's, like uh one of one of our one of our key one of our key pieces that we sell and I've I've got a uh, unibody stiffener coming up um, from the track bar to the other side, so it's a reinforcement for the front, but our steering box brace doesn't hang below the unibody rail, so it supports everything and gives what you need for your steering box, but it keeps it above the rail so that there's, you know, nothing hanging down. If, if you're getting that froggy and climbing up on something, or you happen to slide down something, or get wedged onto something, you don't have a tube or, or a bar or something hanging out below, you know, even with your steering or just in front of your steering to, uh, you know, give you a problem. Good. That sounds like a great design. And this is going to be, uh, you're going to have all these up on your site, right? Correct. Every, everything we manufacture and sell is up on the site, plus some of the other vendors that I do business with. I have some of their stuff up on my website. Um, 
Roof rack I haven't put up yet. We just finished that. Um, I'm getting ready to do a video, a YouTube video of a abuse test on the roof rack because I weigh about 230 pounds, 220. And me and one of the guys it helps me work on stuff. Um, we're going to record or re-record uh, him and I standing on the roof rack of my XJ that we just built to prove that it holds up to 500 pounds. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, what material are you planning on making it out of? Uh, that is one inch DOM 090. Okay, so steel. Yeah, it's all steel. Um, the roof rack is, and what's what's nice about the roof rack is it uh, where your factory rain gutter or not your rain gutters, but where your factory uh, roof rack goes. Right. Got those uh, twelve bolts on each side. It replaces that. Oh, okay. It's back in the place there. And guaranteed not to leak, right? Guaranteed not to leak. All you <laughs> do is put a little bit of thread sealing on it when you put the bolts back through. Well, that actually might uh, that actually might be a lot stronger than trying to go to the gutters or certainly attaching to the factory rails. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple horror stories with gutter rail systems, <laughs> and being out in the rocks and playing around with stuff and and seeing guys getting hung up on their a pillar and then dragging it down the rain gutter and they've got a roof rack. There was a guy that peeled his roof open and, and destroyed part of the rain gutter on his XJ from a, a roof rack. They mounted like that. That was one of my seeing it and wondered there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be a better way. All right. Well, I was just looking here <clears throat> at your site and uh, I believe you said this earlier, but if you guys go to OMC off road, not only do you get to see, uh, the products that uh, Aaron is talking about, but you also get to see on his uh, front opening page there an advertisement for the food and toy off-road show. And uh, the date and the time of the when it starts and when it's over. And uh, like he said earlier, the Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Street across uh, from Banning City Hall. And of course that uh, that address that he gave earlier. So I'm not going to give it again. If you need it, rewind and, and write it down this time, damn it. So uh, let's see. Uh, I think I just covered it all. The I'll just go over this one more time uh, for everybody. The uh, holiday season food and toy drive off-road show, November 10th, 8 a.m. through 4.30 p.m. And uh, you can uh, go to uh, www dot omcoffroad.com and you'll see all the information you need there you can also call uh, for details at 951-534-4843 and i would assume that if you want to get a uh, have a booth uh, or have a spot set up there in the parking lot if you're a vendor small vendor big vendor doesn't matter uh, you can also call that number is that correct aaron yes then call that number or send me an email and i'll uh I'll be getting all that going. Um, I won't be accepting any more vendors uh, the week of the show. So basically from now till... Uh, i got a calendar. Oop. So November the 7th is... Cut off. I'm sorry, I said 7th. That's not the 7th. November the 10th. Yeah. So I um, guess November 7th would be the cutoff if somebody wants to come out to be a vendor. Oh, okay. Excellent. So that's only three days before the show. Can't beat that. 
And uh, uh, Aaron mentioned the email address that's omcoffroad at yahoo.com. And again, the phonetics on that is Oscar Mike Charlie, OMC, offroad at yahoo.com. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us, Aaron. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, sir. I think that doesn't. Excellent. You guys get out and uh, help out with this uh, very honorable situation. Remember, it's a, it's, you know, it's the giving time of year. It's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas. And uh, I'm assuming, Aaron, that the food, obviously people need food all the time, but the, the food aspect of this is certainly uh, geared towards Thanksgiving. And uh, the toy aspect is certainly geared towards uh, Christmas. Would that be a, a reasonable assumption? Yes, sir. And, and I think you were saying earlier, I can't remember if we were recording or not, you planned it at this time of year because there's so many other events going on that, that would take away from this event. So if you guys are wondering why we're, you know, he's doing everything at once, it's, he's just trying to get it where people can actually attend and, and basically get the most bang for the, the giving buck, so to speak. So anyway, get out there and uh, have fun, win some prizes, and uh, don't forget to bring some, uh, some new unwrapped toys or some canned goods, and of course you can check with uh, uh, Aaron on his site later as far as uh, about the perishables like uh, turkeys and hams and such. Aaron, I sure appreciate it, and uh, maybe we can have you on the show again sometime really soon. Sure, anytime. Thank you for having me. Well, that's our show, guys and gal. <laughs> now, there may be more than one, one uh, female listener, but uh, uh, who knows? I'd love to hear from you guys, if uh, whether you're male or female. I don't know if that sounded right or not. Anyway, just want to thank you again for uh, tuning in this week. Uh, an, an old antiquated uh, uh, saying, I know, but uh, it's like radio. I mean, all the equipment's kind of the same. We're just missing the RF and uh, the cancer-causing uh, burning from that RF. Although I think the transmitters are are a good ways away from the, 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 the sites where the, they broadcast from, but nonetheless. So don't forget about uh, this coming weekend with uh, Aaron OMC Off-Road, uh, the, uh, the great things that they're doing for uh, the kids and the people in the community with their food drive and their toy drive. <clears throat> As you heard, there's ways to get involved, even if you're not in their part of the world. So uh, consider uh, contacting uh, Aaron and uh, sending him some money, some food, uh, or some uh, unwrapped uh, uh, new toys for kids. You know, it's horrible. The, 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 the idea of my kids going a Christmas without just a single present, it would be, would be, really, it'd be really sad. So guys, uh, until next week, uh, and uh, it'll be me and Josh again until he decides to give up, <laughs> which I'm, I know he won't. But anyway, until next week, you guys have a, a great, safe week, and uh, hey, we'll find out maybe who is the, the new president next week.
I just wanted to say XJ Talk is the best fucking site in the fucking world. And if you think you know of a better fucking site, fuck you. By the way, this is Big Jim 350. Bye.